Great save, Luongo. When's the last time you heard that? Uh, We heard it a lot back in the day between 2006 and 2013 as Roberto Luongo earned the record for wins and shutouts by any Vancouver Canuck goalie. And Luongo is back in town tonight as the Calgary Calgary Flames. (laughs) The Vancouver... Where did that come from? I'm not a Calgary Flames fan. Uh, The Vancouver Canucks will open their game against the uh, Florida Panthers, and they're going to have a special ceremony that will put Roberto Luongo into the Canucks' ring of honor, where he will join other beloved Canucks like Pat Quinn, Orland Curtinback, and uh, fellow goalie Kirk McLean. So a couple of goalies in the ring of honor. And with us now to talk about the incredible impact that Roberto Luongo has had, not just on the Canucks, but uh, on this entire town as well, as one of the, the stars of the Sakaris and Price podcast, podcast Blake Price. Uh, thanks for being here, Blake. Anytime. All right, let's talk about Roberto Luongo, because it's very rare uh, that a goalie has the kind of career that Roberto Luongo had, and rarer still that uh, a hockey team kind of builds itself around that player. So that makes him very special as a goalie, doesn't it? Well, he was uh, brought in to be sort of uh, that final piece for the Canucks at the time. They knew they had a good core to to build on with the Sedin twins, and they needed that final piece. They needed surefire goaltending to be that staple for them, and he came in and immediately gave them that uh and in fact uh then they had to build out around him because they realized they actually didn't have as many pieces as they anticipated and the strategy his uh, former head coach head coach Elaine Vigno, used to say that in the first couple of years that Luongo was around the game strategy was just come on Louie and <laughs> in the hopes that that he would just steal games for them and for a couple of years that was what he was tasked to do uh, but eventually they would build out around him and become a much deeper team and become the formidable uh, group that won a couple of uh, regular season trophies, the president's trophies, and and uh, ultimately fell just one game short of a Stanley Cup. Yeah, and I guess that's the trouble with uh, this celebration tonight. It's forcing us all here in the Lower Mainland to confront uh, 2011, which was... Uh, you know, it was tragic on many levels, and uh, it wasn't a great series for Roberto Luongo, was it? I mean, he was obviously a, a key part of the team, and they did go to seven games. Uh, so talk about uh, his his uh, contribution to that playoff Stanley Cup run. Well, it was, uh, honestly, I, I don't know that there was a Stanley Cup run that had as many twists and turns, and perhaps <laughs> we're just too darn close to it to... Uh, to uh, be objective on this, but I mean, you think about the fact that, you know, in an elimination game in the first round with the Chicago Blackhawks mounting a comeback, he doesn't get the start in game six of that series versus the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, you know, not many surefire. He wasn't in it. This was not a team that they really shared the goaltending duties. Uh, Corey Schneider at that point was an up and comer for sure. We knew that, but he wasn't a 1A or 1 and 1B situation with with Roberto Luongo. Luongo was the starter, and for him not to start an elimination game where they're up, where they're looking to eliminate the other team, um, was sort of unfathomable at the time. But he shakes that off, eventually beats the Blackhawks, and then makes his way to the Stanley Cup final after a couple of very tidy series versus the Preds and Sharks. And they, of course, get off and start in that Stanley Cup final with back-to-back wins on home ice. He even has a shutout in game number one. 
and you're thinking, my goodness, what a story is this guy authoring? And then the Boston games happened, and it's almost impossible to describe uh, how outplayed they were in Boston and how quickly those games were over. Early, early leads for the Boston Bruins and massive leads in both games three and four, and you just knew that uh, they were in for a battle. And yet, after they win in Vancouver, one to nothing, again, second shutout of the series. So he has two shutouts in the series, and yet most would be on pins and needles watching him play. So they go into Boston again, up three games to two, a chance to win the Stanley Cup. And again, uh, Boston rears its head and and uh, shows that you know Luongo was just a, a human like the rest of us, and they needed Game 7, and we know how that goes. But it was mm-hmm. just the craziest twists and turns, thrills, disappointments, and and he was there riding the roller coaster along with us. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't believe anybody doesn't remember, but maybe if they don't, they went to Game 7, they lost to Boston, and then the riot happened in Vancouver. And, it, I mean, it's such a part of Vancouver culture. So let's talk about what Roberto Luongo did for this city. I mean, he was much beloved in the Lower Mainland, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He He gave this team a swagger. I mean, for three or four years there, People knew the Vancouver Canucks had a chance to win the Stanley Cup, and you know we weren't a punchline. We weren't a a city that had a team that you know people either made fun of or would look down their nose at because of a Bertuzzi incident or you know the Donald Brashear incident, that sort of thing. Like there was always these distractions. Even the '94 riot, of course, sort of lingered uh, for a number of years and sort of hung over. Uh, this city and there wasn't a lot of wins and losses to brag about if you were a Vancouver Canucks fan but Luongo along with the Sedins gave this team gave this city something to brag about something to be chest out about and um, you know the fact that he was such an intriguing character as well and we eventually unmasked him as Strombone one on Twitter and he had uh, just a marvelous personality Uh, he would rear his head and Streeters for the Weather Network, and you know he was just—he was a character. There were so many fun twists and uh, intriguing storylines for Roberto Luongo. He gave even the people out east something to talk about for the Vancouver Canucks uh, on the national scale. Yeah, that—that's true. And I guess as a result of that, they gave him a really big, very long con contract very kind of unprecedentedly long contract in your mind looking back at it uh, was that contract a mistake well i've had numerous conversations with a man who orchestrated that um that contract in gm at the time mike gillis and his former assistant general manager lawrence gilman and they will be emphatic about this they were not given any warnings that this would be deemed an illegal contract or a you know, irregular contract down the road, which ultimately the NHL did decide and and uh, attach punitive measures to the Canucks in terms of salary cap hits um, when Luongo retired. Um, the, the contract was only a mistake in the context of trading it. And that's what gave rise to the now infamous quote, my contract sucks. And both Mike Gillis yesterday uh, on my show and... Roberto Luongo to the entire throng of media today at Rogers Arena said, no, no, the contract didn't suck at all. Uh, it made him a very rich man. He was already uh, rich at that point. Uh, he never begrudged the money that was involved in this. 
it was that the structure and the length of the deal made it an unwieldy contract to trade. So within the context of trades, yeah, the contract sucked for a contract to be traded. But he was always very thankful, I think, at the opportunity that was given and the generosity given by the owner and, and, and the idea behind the contract, which was ultimately to lower the cap hit for the Vancouver Canucks and have an affordable goaltender uh, for a time eternum, effectively. But then things went sour with the team. They, they weren't as competitive as they thought they were going to be. And they needed a refresher, and they thought that turning to a younger goaltender might be the way to do that. Um, ultimately, they found that trading Roberto Longo was just too darn difficult uh, at that po- at that moment, at least when he said my contract sucks. Eventually, it happened, of course, when a couple more years had ticked off the contract, and uh, and he was sent home to the Florida Panthers. So um, it was uh, it was an unorthodox contract at the time. It was a creative one, but ultimately, I don't think it was uh, it was a mistake. No. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it seems like ancient history now. I, I think uh, it'll be pretty much uh, all love tonight when they honor him at the game. Hey. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I mean, the the only lingering question is whether or not. He deserved to be uh, in the rafters, of course, as a retired number versus a ring of honor. Um, and certainly this is somewhere in between because I don't know that a ring of honor recipient has ever had this much uh, build up to his big night at Rogers Arena. I don't know that the team has gone this far above and beyond in creating merchandise and screensavers and all that sort of stuff. I mean, this is more befitting of a, of a number of retirement. For a long time, I was very suspicious that maybe they were going to surprise him because of the unique character that he was. I think it would have been a really fun thing to bring him here with everybody under the assumption that it was going to be a ring of honor and then just surprise him and have the, have the jersey hung in the rafters. But some of the merchandise that they're selling does say ring of honor on it. So, alas, I think my conspiracy theory is, is out the window. Uh, but people will be, I think... Uh, unanimous in their praise of him, some thinking that maybe he should be given that uh, that slightly higher level of honor. But ultimately, it's been pointed out, I mean, as a jersey number that's retired, you merely get that banner in the rafters. And as a member of the Ring of Honor, you actually get your face up there, and it's actually a much bigger display than the ones uh, that are reserved for the uh, numbers that are retired. So in some ways, he gets the bigger honor. Uh, if not in terms of the uh, the hierarchy. Yeah, that's true, right alongside Pat Quinn. Uh, well, Blake, it's yeah. always a pleasure to hear your voice. Uh, Blake Price, part of Sakaris and Price, the podcast. Thanks for talking to us about Roberta Luongo. Hey. Thanks, Mike.